Welcome back and welcome to our storytelling conversation. My name is David Frader and I'm here, of course, with Amy. And we call this segment The Backstory, a conversation about storytelling and the storyteller. And Amy, what an amazing story set. Thank you so much for those dad stories. <clears throat> you and I have known each other almost from the beginning. You and John started True Tales on radio. Pat came along shortly thereafter, and I finagled my way on into the mix after that. And it happened starting in radio, moving to TV, and now online. And in all that time, you've never been interviewed, so we're changing that tonight. And I want to start with your radio days. John Lovering and you invented what became True Tales Live. You jumped in at the get-go. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that backstory. What made you decide to get involved right away? Yeah, I mean, partly it was just instinctive. John said to me one night, I don't know, I was at the station though, and he said, so listen, I've been, you know, you know the moth? Shall we do something like that here? And I was just like, yes, of course we should. Um, I mean, I've always loved stories, but I think the other thing is that I was realizing more and more the power of stories. Um, I've been an activist for many years and for a long time I kind of thought, well, if you can get people the correct information, they'll understand. And while I'm still a huge advocate of getting good information out there, what I was starting to see that it needed to be more than that. That the way that people really understood and connected with each other and really changed their hearts and their minds was through hearing each other's stories. So it just seemed like a really great step into that world for me. And you also know that I'm a longtime fan of your dad's stories. And the subtext of your stories is caretaking to me. That is that caretaking is the underlying connector. And I wonder if you could share with us your sense about that relationship between caretaking in your family and the stories that you tell. And I wonder, does it have anything to do with being Irish? Huh. Um, well, let's see. I'll, I'll start answering and you can re-ask if I don't quite okay, answer. Um, I mean, a lot of my caretaking, it kind of more, well, because I ended up taking care of my dad and the whole Sicilian daughter thing. I didn't really realize I was growing up, you know, my parents are pretty Americanized, but I realized at a certain point that I was a Sicilian daughter. <laughs> And that there were rules to that. Um, I mean, you know, for me, during the time that I was taking care of my father, many of you are going to remember that I was losing my mind at times. And it was not unusual for me to say, the man is going to put me in the grave before him. He's going to have to attend my funeral. Um, and it was incredibly hard and stressful. But the other thing I realized is that, like, when he died, people often said to me, oh, you must be so relieved. And there's never been a second of relief from it. It wasn't, that wasn't what it was about. It, what I realized is that, you know, that that saying came to, there's like a commercial, the toughest job you'll ever love, which I believe is a, like the army or something. But that came to me a lot. Um, just because it was hard, didn't mean it was, wasn't worthwhile. Um, and it didn't mean that I wasn't getting a lot out of it. It was just hard for me to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure new parents have the same thing. They're miserable and exhausted and in love 
with their baby and happier than ever. And it's all of it together. And that richness is a part of caretaking. But we live in a time and a place that is not very pro caretaking. And a lot of the time when I've shared these stories at like conferences with nurses and things, I'll say something like, well, caregivers aren't all that respected in, in this society. And they're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> there's this real sense that it's a lot of work, but it's not just that it's work that it's met with like, oh, well, anyone could do that kind of thing and elevating it, you know, helping people. And I think it's, you know, I mean, people are certainly challenging it. Um, challenging us to rethink some of our values about what we think important work in the world is. Um, that often a lot of this unpaid work, which is often done by women, is just not even recognized. And yet other countries that track it, you know, I believe it's Switzerland, tracked the caring economy um, and looked at, at what it, the financial, and it was like way bigger than the actual financial economy. And it's not that we necessarily have to monetize it, but we have to, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're a species that have to care for our young until they're like 20 years old. Obviously caretaking is the most important thing that we do for each other. And yet it just isn't given the sort of respect that it deserves. So um, I think that's part of the burden that makes it go from hard to like oppressive. So I don't know. Yeah, I do want to shift gears and we're getting towards the end. <clears throat> you and your partner, Steve, hey Steve, run your farm living land permaculture homestead. And I wondered if you could say something about the relationship between permaculture farming and storytelling. I imagine that permaculture has, and indeed in a way is, an important story to tell. Yeah, well, in a way, it's sort of, in its very factual parts of it, we have principles and ethics and kind of serious stuff like that. But it's also about telling the story of a different world that we can be living in, um, about visioning another way to live together that would value things like caretaking, caretaking of each other, caretaking of the planet, caretaking of our resources, um, and kind of being in love with the world again. Um, and I do, you know, I have a couple stories from my homesteading work and that eventually might be something I focus on more. I have a bee story and a goat story. Um, you know, my, the dad stories have just been really still prominent for me, but I, I'm sure eventually there'll be other ones that start to spring forth. Thank you for that. Um... We are running a little bit out of time, but I do want to ask you one more question before the final question. With the pandemic seeming to wind down, what do you see as the future of True Tales Live? We haven't discussed this before, so I'm just throwing this out there, but we're, we're zooming through December, but what do you think about beyond that? Any thoughts? Well, that's definitely going to take some consideration and talking. <laughs> I guess mostly I just feel sure that it's going to continue in some way because it has created a really, I think, beautiful community of people who value stories and human experience and being connected to each other. And that's sort of these ancient ways, you know, other stuff I do, dancing and drumming and farming. These are all things that humans have done for 
a long time and they really connect us. They can connect us to the earth, to each other, and to what really, in my experience, is like the richness and of you know being here together. And finally, the last question, which is always the same, <clears throat> and here's a chance for a plug. For anyone considering it, telling a story for the first or almost first time, what tips would you suggest? Yeah, just come to our workshop and we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have these workshops, these free workshops right now, they're on Zoom. And um, they're just, you know, you get to be a part of a community of storytellers, you get to share, you get to get some feedback all off camera. So, well, you know, kind of now it's Zoom, so there is a camera, but it's not recorded or anything. Um, and just kind of getting out there and starting it and getting feedback from people and learning um, from taking that first step, I think is a great way to get started. Well, friends, this brings us to the end of our backstory conversation with Amy Antonucci. Thank you so much, Amy, for your stories and for this conversation. And this well, brings us to the end of our show. And thank everyone for being here. It was so wonderful to see some familiar faces, even some people here who met my father back in the day. So that's really joyous for me. So thank you. As Kamisha mentioned, we are taking a break between during July and August. We will continue with the workshops in July and August. And our next workshop is next Tuesday from 7 to 8.30. If you are considering telling the story, we encourage you to attend a workshop, as Amy just said, a great way to get feedback, as it were, off camera. Sign up on our website. So that's it for tonight's show. As British author Philip Pullman reminds us, after nourishment, shelter, and companionship, Stories are the things we need most in this world. Thanks to our teller, our crew, and thanks to you. My name is David Trainer. Good night.